Happy birthday, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Are you doing anything special for your birthday? I have two kids, so no. Absolutely not. Under say. three. I I'm doing you, literally nothing. Are you getting left alone to play video games for a I while? wish. Mm. What, I what video would. games is everybody playing? Final Fantasy fourteen because reasons. Oh, yeah. The recording of this episode, which is, I guess, happy birthday past Brad yes, for the release of this one. Technically. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah, we won't blow off the cover yeah, too much. Th- it's happy birthday Brad for when we're recording it. And Correct. Hey, we actually have a buffer now, which makes Editor Dan super happy. Oh, Hooray! Yeah. Being back in the Gold House to actually record. But, yeah, uh, with recent news to other video game companies, we've pretty much all got to Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, yeah. Megan's I, lived there for... Over a decade, my guy. What What do you think to the idea of doing, like, a Final Fantasy fourteen? It's a mimic... Twitch stream. Oh, um, I used to stream Final Fantasy all the time. Oh, really? Yes. Three gays and a girl plays was what I used to boost her all the time. What? Yeah, but was that for Final Fantasy? That was for Final Fantasy Online. I thought you were playing other games. No, just Uh-oh. Final Fantasy. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. We no longer stream, so don't look that up. We no longer exist. <laughs> there are some videos on YouTube if you want to look back at younger Megan, but yeah. Um, Might be time yeah. to start the uh, It's a Mimic uh, game stream. I guess so. All right. Hey, man, I'll, I'll spearhead that shit. That's great. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it's a Mimic, the roundtable Dungeons & Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another episode in our conversation on classes. I'm Dan, and with me today are Megan and Brad, and this episode is called Clerics Communing to Work. Thank you, Adam. Thank I know you, you're Adam. not here, but thank you. Yeah, oh, he's listening. Anyways, we have previously covered the life, light, and nature domains in our first Clerics episode, which started off with a breakdown of the regular class features and level progression. In our second Clerics episode, we went over the Knowledge, Tempest, and Trickery domains, as well as the sections in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which encouraged players to consider their characters' temples, keepsakes, and secrets. The last time we discussed Clerics, we went over the War, Death, and Grave domains, and went into quite a bit of detail on homebrewing pantheons. You can find these episodes, as well as our other class episodes, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and dozens of other podcast apps, or, if you're tech savvy like me you could jump over to youtube and dig into the entire playlist on classes that we've built there did you say that if you are actually tech savvy use youtube i guess yeah that doesn't what (laughs) (laughs) that is dan's definition of tech savvy yeah 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 there you go anyways this episode is going to take us into the pages of tasha's cauldron of everything the sword coast adventures guide and xanathar's again where we are going to look at some of the subclasses written there as well as some of the optional class features in Tasha's, and I take it back, YouTube is not the tech-savvy option. My four-year-old could do it. I, I mean, they're all not necessarily tech-savvy, but, like, YouTube is very Definitely much the easiest. our generation, which I'm is just, not... I'm just so used to, like, uh, the the formatting we have on YouTube, which has, like, all the actual class breakdowns and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much nicer organized on YouTube than it is with our main podcast. Honestly, it's so like easy to should, find like, the episodes you want yeah. using YouTube. If you are less tech-savvy, utilizing YouTube okay, is fine. a better option. If you're less tech-savvy... Like Dan. Like me. There you go. Because, uh, no, I'm, but I'm the tech... Oh, fucking whatever. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about clerks. <laughs> Before we get started, I do want to quit, do a very quick recap on... The base cleric class that we get in the player's handbook. We're doing this now because we've covered so many domains and so many other special features that if you're listening to this episode first, knowing what uh, the new domains that we're going to be covering add to the cleric class will help you out. Okay? Perfect. Slow down. So uh, they are a D8 based 
uh, class, so they're D8 hit points with D8 plus con per level. Um, they get light, medium, and shields uh, with simple weapons only and no tools for proficiencies when you're up, uh, when you start off. And the main saving throws are wisdom and charisma, um, which we've discussed at length in the first clerics yep. episode. I have my complaints about the hit die, but we don't need to relive that. <laughs> you like to play melee clerics, though. That's true. I just also compare them to a ranger. And why does a ranger have a 10 and a cleric has an 8? Because clerics are full casters and rangers. Ah, uh, fair. But Anyways, so... We're not getting right now. Yeah. Um, now, for skills, you get to choose two from history, insight, medicine, persuasion, or religion. I mean, okay. all of those make sense. Yeah. Have you ever, like, loved when people play a cleric and they don't choose religion? I often don't. No. I'm the well, same. I've never played a cleric and I've never it's because, played religion. It's because religion is an in-based skill. Yeah. And as a cleric, you're generally, we might get into it today, you're generally not picking int as one of your abilities. And because religion is the history of all religion, is how I would see it. Whereas as a cleric, you're going to have knowledge of your own religion, your own religious rites. That's all going to be there. Mm -hmm. But I think religion as a skill check is more for general religion outside of what your own faith would be. So I think yeah. it's justifiable. It's it's basically you have a uh, you're either a degree in church history or church ministry. Yes, right. Like if if uh, I, I guess all well, of us are. But it'd be the it'd, former. It'd be church. more of a degree in right. world of religion versus a degree in your own specific yeah. religion. Yeah, I guess that's true. So um, otherwise, all those track now for. Uh, first level, when you go into them, you get to pick your do uh, Divine Domain, which is your subclass, right away. Yeah. This is the only class that lets you do that. Sorcerers. This is the only class other than Sorcerers that lets you do this. Yes. Yeah. I thought Sorcerers was level two. No, uh, no, you get your blood Level right. one. Level right one from the level one. Okay, yeah. all right. Warlocks. Oh, yeah, because you're technically born with it. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. Warlocks, yeah. I mean, or maybe I it's mean, Maybelline. Maybelline. <laughs> I mean, warlocks get a sample of this as well with their packs. Yes. You choose your pack right away. Um, but, your... Uh, but it's... Warlocks are funny. Let's... Warlocks are funny. They're the exception to every rule. So you get your divine domain. If you want to listen to, you know, a lot of the base PHB ones, we've covered them in the previous Cleric episode. Um, and a lot of your flavor is going to come with what your domain gives you. Correct. Okay. Um, you get three cantrips, which are not technically spells. Um, this is more cantrips, uh, this is, uh, sorry, more cantrips than your bards and druids, but less cantrips than your sorcerers, yes. right? Um, and then you are a ninth level spellcaster, the same as it goes, so getting, uh, spell slots all the way up to ninth level at 17th, okay? Correct. Cool. Um, at second level, you get your, div uh, your channel divinity ability, which will happen once per rest. A lot of your divine domains will feed into that as well. However, stock, you get the ability to turn undead, which is basically making undead within a certain range of you make a wisdom save or run away. At later levels, it's make a wisdom save or explode. Yes. Okay. Delightful. <laughs> I've played a cleric that forgot I had that ability and we were playing in Derek definitely an undead campaign. <laughs> well done. Yeah, well fantastic. Done. Yep. So proud of myself. <laughs> I'm sure your party was even more proud. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> did you heal as well, or did you forget you could do that? I like to heal things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's I the know. Best part about being a healer, you choose who lives and, and who, who dies. dies. Yes, yeah. it's a power. It's a power play. And in our Sunday game, like the only healing my bard has is heroism as a spell, and I had to bust that out to hey, save, man, save some, my life. Yeah, <laughs> but like. It, our cleric had fallen down a large cliff onto a hobgoblin and was making her way back at the time, so I had to do something. 
Anyways, had to. Had to. Yeah. Um, at fourth level, you're going to get your first DSI. This tracks with all the other classes. And then um, if you're looking at the cleric uh, breakdown, you see how things just get better for you as you go here. Your turn undead becomes destroy undead. Um, you get in, At sixth level, you get an additional uh, channel divinity as well as a new divine domain feature. At eighth level, you get another ASI. Your, the CR to which you destroy undead goes up and you get a divine domain. So eighth level's big for clerics. Yeah. Um, at 10th level, you get divine intervention, which is where you your roll a percentile chance. If you manage to roll your class level or lower, your god intervenes in some way up to the DM. But it's such a low chance that it be... DMs be generous. Be generous to your players here. It's also like we've listened to campaigns yeah. where people have had the roll multiple times and it never works out or yeah. multiple times and it works out every time. Yeah. And it's just like... Scale it. Scale it. Um, at 11th level, the CR for your Destroy Undead goes up. You 12th level, you get another ASI. And this just continues all the way down, not getting anything really new until 20th level with your Capstone ability, which is when you get your uh, Divine Intervention um, auto success. Guaranteed. Which is your guaranteed thing at level 20. Which which your 20th level, if you made it that far, yeah, you should. Um, if you haven't met your god and like gone for multiple dates or like, or if like you are not sat in down for good tea books. multiple times yeah. by then, your your DM's doing the campaign wrong. Also, you may have fucked up as a cleric. But or you may have fucked up as a cleric. Yeah. 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 Um, so that is the loose breakdown we have for clerics. Because we have been asked about it, I'm also going to give a loose breakdown of the spells we have that are outside of the player's handbook for clerics specifically. Perfect. There's some good ones in there since we're okay. covering so I'll just go over a I'll go over the full list of what we have and then I will break down what they all do real right. quick. Okay. So we have Toll the Dead, Word of Radiance, Ceremony, Fast Friends, Insight Greed, Life Transference, Motivational Speech, Spirit Shroud, Dawn, Holy Weapon, Summon Celestial, and Temple of the Gods. Okay. All of these are coming from either Xanathar's Acquisitions Incorporated, which has a lot of really cool spells in it, or Tashes. Yeah. Okay. So let's break these down real quick. First, uh, in terms of cantrips, we have Toll the Dead and Word of Radiance. Toll the Dead gives you a wisdom save to not take damage. Uh, The damage intensifies if the target is already hurt. Word of Radiance is a five-foot aura con save, fart of radiant damage. Best surrounded (laughs) by a bunch... It's best used when surrounded by a bunch of little things. Yes. Okay. Correct. Uh. At... First level, uh, in Xanathar's, we get the spell Ceremony, which is a ritual um, adding that divine oomph to the six iconic priestly duties because it's a ritual spell and clerics, just based off how their spells are chosen, you know all of your spells. A cleric can cast this at any time if you do the ritual. Yes. Okay. Now, here's what they do. There's six abilities. You could either offer atonement, which is... Uh, fix that pesky alignment shift that doesn't even matter anymore. No one plays with alignment shifts, really. No one plays with alignment shifts anymore. And on top of that, Wizards isn't playing with alignment anymore. New releases, they're dropping it from stat blocks. And we've mentioned it on the podcast. We're not going to go over it. We're not going to go over it. So, Atonement, you fix that pesky alignment shift that doesn't even matter anymore. Bless Water, you fix that water to make skeletons not matter anymore. 
You, <laughs> like can, do, you can do a coming uh, coming of age ceremony, which is a full day bless. What? A coming. <laughs> I could, could, could do not. <laughs> I do it over there, Megan. <laughs> of, all, of all the words to mess up, eh? It's like, it just sounds like a pornography horror movie. Like, just... Okay, so the coming of age ceremony, which is a full day blast for one ability check to make rolling dice not really matter anymore. Now, when we're doing that on player characters, does is there an age where that should be applicable based on race? I would say so. Around puberty, you can't or just something. drop this whenever you want. As a no, there are other options if you do want to have a, a the similar sure type of boot buff. But it's uh, yeah, if your character's a human who's eighty, you're not doing you coming of age ceremony no. then. Yeah, absolutely not. But your alpha eighty, but your alpha eighty might. Yeah, right. Anyways, uh, you have a dedication which is like a coming of age, but saving throws that almost entire almost certainly will matter. That's all saving throws. Uh, all saving throws. Uh, you could do a funeral rite, which is preventing undeadify for a full week, showing your DM that NPCs matter. Undeadify also does not seem like a word, but that's fine. It isn't. Um, I made it up. <laughs> I made it up for a thing. If you notice, I'm doing a thing with the matter on, on all of these. Mm, yeah. I see. And a wedding, which is a week-long AC buff, showing your DM that that specific NPC super matters to you until they die and you get another one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, if they die... Does that nullify the wedding vows because till death does part? And mm-hmm. then when they're revived, then they can redo this and get married again no. and get the same deal. Uh, I mean, you can get remarried as, as long as your other... So what uh, the wedding ceremony does gives you a plus two to AC whenever they're Correct. within 30 feet of you. Yep. Um, so when one party member... Sorry, when one of those two will die, uh, even if they're raised, I would, I would redo your vows. That's what I mean, though. Can you recast that and yeah. then you get Does it again? Does it say anything about monogamy or can you marry multiple people? Um, it doesn't say anything about... Perfection. Um, but in the, in the description, it does it specify does say, two. Yeah. Mm. So it doesn't say... You, Rule that at your table as you will. It doesn't say you can't, but it doesn't say... You can. You can. Rules is written, I would say no, but at your table, play that how you feel like you're... Play that how you feel. Well, I, I gotta slow my roll, and now I just want to make a character that marries everyone. I, uh, well, I mean, I guess weddings can be throuples. Okay. Mm. Anyways, moving on to other spells, because that is all ceremony does, finally. Um, we have the third level spell from Acquisitions Incorporated Fast Friends. Which is a third level super friends cantrip that lasts an hour with concentration and doesn't immediately break when you tell them to go jump off a bridge. They get a chance to re-roll it when you tell them to do something dangerous. Not that it's immediately over. Okay. They basically get advantage on the saving throw. Uh, no. No? No, you don't. So if they fail, they just get to roll again? Is that the difference? What do you mean if it's fail? You what? said that they uh, get to they can roll again if you tell them to do something. They dangerous. get to re-roll the save if you tell them to do I something see. dangerous. Gotcha. Yeah. Because it, it's basically like friends. You charm a thing for an hour and you give them a command and when right. they a, a task. And when they do that task, for up to that hour, you could give them another task. Sure. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, next, also from Acquisitions Incorporated, is Incite Greed, which is where you charm any number of creatures within 30 feet of you to stare at a gem for up to a minute. Bring them up. It's about to get wet because they drool over the gem. Okay. Yeah. Not not in the not the comingify or whatever I said. Oh, stop. The <laughs> coming. <Yeah>. The <laughs> <coming> in, <yeah. laughs> At third level in Xanathar's, you get life transference, which is where you take a big owie to help a friend twice the damage you just took. This is awesome because this is also available to wizards. 
mm-hmm. um, which means wizards have a spell. It so, just hurts them for 48 damage. Yeah. Well, wizards are generally pretty beefy, so they can handle it. Yeah, that. right, right. Um, Hurt me to heal the other guy? Yeah, that sounds like a wizard thing. It sounds like everything. They would just do that. <laughs> Next, in Acquisitions Incorporated, you get Motivational Speech, which uh, gives you a hand... Sorry, which you give a handful of creatures some uh, hit points and saves. If the creature is hit, its next attack is done with advantage. But if that creature loses the hit points, the spell is ended. Now, at the third level you cast it, that initial uh, hit points is five. So you'll almost certainly lose that if you're getting hit. Yeah. But if it does bump up with spell levels by five hit points every level. So if you're casting this as a, you know fifth level spell by the time you have points. access to 15 level spells you're probably getting hit for 15 hit yeah. points and this <laughs> know, i've used it and it's wonderful this spell lasts for a long time that's okay. where the benefit is. yeah the benefit is the length of time that it lasts like it's not a high spell slot to have to to get rid of and i don't know i've, I've used it in most of my magical casting characters and i it's one of my favorites yeah um now from tashes also a third level spell we get spirit shroud which is when you spend a bonus action to, for a minute, deal more damage, prevent healing, or slow people down around you. Okay? Perfect. This yep. basically adds a thing. Yeah. Or or and. Hmm? Or or and. Um, and. And. Yeah. Critical. Mm. You get all of those bonuses. Yeah, and it's a third level one. spell. You want, yeah. a, you want a powerful third level yeah, spell? absolutely. Go with Fireball. All right, and then do this. Um, at fifth level, you get uh, from Xanathar's the spell Dawn, otherwise known as Emily Vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, you summon a 30-foot radius cylinder of the sun's bright light to either immolate those said vampires or give gingers a sunburn. Adam. Uh, you can move it if you're close enough. Um, in Xanathar's, you also get the spell Holy Weapon, which is like Dawn, just concentrated for an hour and placed on a weapon. You could discharge that energy to create a burst of radiant damage or hold on to it for a significant increase to weapon damage for the duration. Holy weapon. Beautiful. Holy weapon. Is, oh, holy yeah. Weapon. Also at fifth level, fifth level spellcasting is amazing, so friends. Uh, you get the ability to summon an angel with yes. Summon Celestial. This angel will help you fight if you spend a bonus action telling it what to do. Added benefit is it could also heal for you. Once a day. Once a day. Okay. Better than nothing. Yep. Better than nothing. Um, its attacks, however, are yeah Im- impressive. It's, You're, it's not out there to heal. No, it's it's out there to do damage. It's those, between that and spiritual weapon, I have a hard time deciding. I like this better, but oh, this is far. This is more powerful. Weapon. Weapon. Well, powerful. consider it's you are summoning a creature as well. Correct. Uh, is so, this one concentration? This one is. is. Oh yeah, because yes. spiritual weapon is not. That's correct. Yeah, spiritual weapon is not. Not a concentration. concentration spell. Once you pop it, she's done. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you see why I love clerics. <laughs> Finally, at seventh level, you get Temple of the Gods. This is from Xanathar's and is possibly one of the spells I think clerics have needed for a very long time. Why? Because wizards are the and their stupid fucking mansions have been the stars of the show for so yep. long. Well, now clerics have an option. You create a bastion to the gods after an hour of intense casting time. You and the creatures you want could walk into it, and the creatures and the creature types you choose have to take a charisma save to try to walk in. This bastion kind of sits in that space between the ethereal realm and the material plane. Okay, the ethereal plane and the material plane, and uh, 
all of the outside walls and everything except for the door are completely indestructible except for disintegrate. Um, and the only way in is through this door. Now, if they succeed on that charisma save to come in, they still have the effects of a Bane spell at all times. Perfect. Okay. Um, this is basically minusing a D4 from every single roll. It also protects you and your friends from any and all forms of divination. Divination spheres from like a scryer stuff cannot appear inside of this space. And any sort of spell that would try to pierce in from the outside won't. Okay. Now, if you cast the spell on the same spot every day for a year, this temple becomes permanent. Unless someone or something gets loose and free with that pesky disintegrate spell. If you hit this place with a disintegrate spell, everything Fades away. Everything disintegrates. Could you imagine being that asshole that's like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? 364? Well, I've prepared a spell for you today, my friend. Pa-pow. <laughs> oh, I would be that asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That said, if you're at the point in a campaign where you have a year to cast one spell every day in the same place... I, I mean, think that's like almost a... That does suck. Because the level that you get that, it would almost be required that I would say you and your DM would have to figure out how that would work. I, okay, so I've got a, I've got a couple things here. One, yes, every day sucks, especially since it's a seven level spell, and you only really get one seventh level spell slot until you hit a nineteenth uh, level, where you get your second. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, thinking the the stay the staying in the same spot if you're an adventuring party. At this is level. going to be oh. like a between session, right? There's a long okay. gap between adventures. Yeah. Here's or here's here's why I think this is actually a good idea. In tier in tier four, this later tier of the game. Your party's not going out and clearing out goblin hovels anymore. Nice. Your your party is the one who's hiring a younger, lower level party yeah. to do that task. Mm. Okay? Um, your party is doing... Uh, you should, at Tier 4, have the main ethos for the plot of the campaign. You should have your targets on your big bad evil guys. You should have your... Let's find these vestiges of divergence or these magic items that we need to attain to be able to take down this big bad evil guy. You're doing stuff, but there should be huge swaths of time passing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? So if your party's uh, going down to get the item and they come back, okay. It's got time skip. There's a time skip. Yeah. You have three months here. What are you doing with that three months before you finally get that information, which will lead you as a clue to the next piece you yeah. need to get? Yeah, yeah. Right? sure. Um, now, I understand some campaigns are different. And you run your campaigns as you, as you want, but... If you're if you want to make this permanent and you have a player that wants to make this permanent, because you completely just as you cast it, like it is with uh, Mordekind's magnificent mansion, you build and detail the inside as you wish, mm -hmm. right? It could be to all gods or a god, mm -hmm. right? So if you have a uh, cleric who wants to do that, help them out. Yeah. One thing I would recommend as well is let them use higher level spell slots to take time off that duration. Oh, interesting. Right. So if you're casting this at ninth level, it's basically if uh, you have to cast it at ninth level for um, a couple weeks instead yeah. of a couple sure. instead of a full year, right? Like and stay in meditation for three days and then you get like a month or two, yeah, kind of thing. And if you are blowing multiple spells a day on it, which I would allow you to mm -hmm. do, um, so at twentieth level you could blow your ninth, your eighth, and, and your both seventh. of your sevenths to cast this thing and take three months four months off that list right yeah, sure so that's just the way i would rule it to get it out there i mean i mean at some point you want to make this happen if somebody's doing it you're going to do what you need to do exactly cool so moving on 
we're finally into the special options within Tasha's, okay? Now, Tasha's gives us three alternative class features uh, that I wanna discuss here real quick, okay? Um, and what we'll do is we'll talk about this one feature and then we will quickly do a, uh, because I want to roll dice, we will ask if you guys will have it at your table or not. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. So at second level, as an alternative class feature from Tasha's, you can use your channel divinity as a bonus action to regain a spell slot no higher than half your proficiency bonus. So you're a sorcerer. This gives uh, more uses when you get more channel uh, divinities, right? Yeah. So the more channel divinities you get, the more times you can do this. So let's roll, and we'll talk about whether you'll use this in your campaign. Ooh! I got a natural 20. Congratulations. 100% yes, and I wouldn't have the proficiency limitation. Interesting. I would let you um, maybe put it as uh, no higher than your full proficiency bonus. Right. Because, let's be honest, you get three... Channel divinities yep. by 16th level. Okay, Three cool. spell slots. Right? I mean, a sixth level spell slot, sure. Yeah. I'm okay I'm okay with you getting that. Sure. Yeah. Right? So, um, yes, 100%, all clerics just get it. I, I also find spellcasting in this game is very um, commit long-term and have issues, mm -hmm. right? Um, especially when it comes to, like, hand trips, which we'll talk about in a sec. Mm -hmm. uh, so this helps mitigate the uh, five-minute workday that a lot of the spellcasters have when they're blowing off all their spells and, okay, you've done two fights, but in real time, it's been 15 minutes worth of character time. Yes. Yeah. So what are you going to do for the rest of the day? Yeah. yeah. This helps with that. That kind of leads into, like, I, I would say yes. I would absolutely allow this for that reason specifically. Yeah. Because I have been in many situations where I, as a cleric, or my cleric in the party has run out of spell slots and can't heal, and you are still in the middle of a dungeon. Mm -hmm. And there's no other option to use any of your channel divinities. Like, yes. Like, so they're never going to use it. It's never going to pop. So why would you not let them or allow them, if they chose this, to just let her go and then be able to support your party better? Yeah. Paladins, uh, Brad. What do you think first? Well, Before I talk about paladins, so I'm gonna say yes. I'm with you. Um, and you have to remember, you are giving up a channel divinity. It's not like this is just a free. Yeah. Here's a free spell slot yeah. per day. You right? are using. You your are using your channel, which depending, especially on your subclass and everything else, right? Your divine domain. That can be a pretty massive thing to give up. Yeah. It can yeah. be really useful. So you you got choices to make. Would you give this to paladins who have also channel divinity? What does Tasha say? I I 100% would give it to a paladin. Um, they've already got limited spell slots as it is. Uh, they've got limited spell slots as it is, as yes. Half but they're blowing them on smites. That's what I was saying. Like, I mean, it's almost like... Yeah. <laughs> do you want to give your paladin more smites? Uh, do yeah. I want to give my paladin one more smite? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the level at which it actually provides is not going to be a detriment or an imbalance to what yeah. you planned for the It's not game-breaking. It's not game-breaking if they have full access to it. And again, you're giving up a channel divinity. You're giving up something for this. It's not... Also, I just you. realized this is Team Paladin. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> all play clerics and paladins. Yeah. I think Adam uh, scheduled this intentionally. That yes, did. I'm sure he yeah. did. Yeah. Um, so it's been out there on the podcast, but I have a lot of trouble playing one single class from level 1 to 20. What? I, I have to fight the urge to multi-class. Now, that's my 3.5 power gamer character. Clerics are a class yeah. you can go 1 to 20 with. So, so uh, well, no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <clears throat> I am currently playing a bard and I'm actively like I continually go back to looking at like multi-classing into cleric with him sure I've given him a preemptive boost to wisdom just in case I do it but I've also uh, told myself no this bard is going to be my till level 20 bard character sure well 
I, I, I'm so are, doubtful. Are we putting money on this? I, I don't, I'm, I think that knowing you, it'll happen eventually. What, the multi-class? Yes, yeah. yeah. Dan's, or Adam's going to dangle a little carrot in front of you, and oh. you'll end up going warlock. A hundred, yeah. no, because you always go He's warlock. already done the warlock bullshit. I've already done the warlock bullshit twice. Yeah. So this is, this is the only character. This is his way of adapting yeah. to new life. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever multi-classed a character. Really? Yeah. I've never played enough levels to multi-class a character. Oh, shut it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're I have, I have DM'd, um, like... All of your campaigns? Most of your campaigns? Yeah, all but one. Yeah. All but one. So, like, I'm directly responsible for the fact that you have not played <laughs> enough sessions. Aww. You're welcome. Um, so, let's go to the next one, which is a fourth level class feature from Tasha's, which is Cantrip Versatility, which is whenever you gain a level in Cleric that gives an ASI, you can swap out one of your cantrips for another. Let's roll, see if we like it. Got four. Seven. Oh, you guys need to roll We got to re roll. Yeah. Okay, all right. Here we go. Ooh. I got a 15. I was like, what the fuck is that number? <laughs> it's a 15. It's, I, it Half looks, of it is missing. It, it looks like a one circle. <laughs> it's just the paint on the inside is out a little bit. It's 15. I still beat you by All one. Right, I get to go Stop first. Stop whining. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't think this is enough. I think changing cantrips, especially for clerics who can pretty much switch up their spells every level, this is not enough. Okay. I would like to be able to, whenever you can switch your spells, you should be able to switch cantrip. Remember, cantrips are not technically spells. I understand they're not technically spells, but I still... So, yes, I would allow this, and I would even go a little bit further. I have... I, I looked at this and I went, wait, that was a thing that wasn't already in there? I, That's what I did, too, because I'm playing the Sorcerer in your campaign right now, and they get the same thing. I am perfectly okay. Not not whenever you, like, have a long rest your bit. Yeah. No. No, no. At every level. At every level, you should be able to switch sure. your cantrips. See, I'm the opposite. I, you don't say. I um I don't agree with it for the reason of the fact that you can, as a cleric, change your spells after a long rest. I feel like as a person of religion or a person of devotion, there should be something inherently about you that is unchangeable and unshakable. Okay. And I feel like the cantrips are what represents that in your character because a lot of them do come from your domain. Yes, Or you they choose do. them when you first implement your character based on your domain because it happens. Because you get your domain at level one. Yeah. That's me and my brains. I, I look at it as the fact that your spells for the day are divinely inspired. And so your deity is Can't giving you... Can't spells. I understand. But, yeah. they, but sorry, I'm not talking about this specifically. I'm talking about oh. how every every long rest they can change their spells, right? Yeah. yeah. So at the start of every day, you're gonna, you can get some inspiration from your deity to say, hey, by the way, for today, you might need some of this. You may want to change it up. Yeah, and that makes sense to me. But that's why I think cantrips should be like inherently what your devotion is based off of. So I feel like it makes sense that you can't change it. Okay. Um, let's go to the next one, which is Blessed Strikes or Blessed Strikes, however you want to say it. Blessed. Blessed. Blessed be that Now, strikes. this is your eighth level feature, and it does specify that it replaces Divine Strike or Potent Spellcasting, which a lot of the domains give you as... Mm-hmm. Every domain gets it. At... Uh, every domain gets one of the two. Yes. Either right. or. Either or at eighth level. This is another option to replace it, which is basically adding a D8 to um, any damaging weapon or cantrip attack once per turn. The interesting thing here is or, and I wonder how you rule this, because Divine Strike is specifically for melee weapon attacks, whereas Divine, what's the other one? Divine, uh, or Potent Spell Casting, is specifically for your cantrips. So what this does is this kind of blends it. So... Uh, it gives you the ability to have 
that D8, no matter what action you're... you're yes. It just gives you an extra you D8 damage, option. right? You However, it has to be choice. radiant. Yeah, it has to be radiant damage. You're a cleric. Get over it. But all that whole thing about each and every one of... As you get this Divine Strike, specifically for Divine Strike, depending on which subclass you've gone, you get a different type of damage that is themed to your domain. Okay. So you lose, I feel like you you lose could, that. As a DM, you could rule it, though. I, okay, sure. Because we've talked about yeah. it before in cleric episodes, where if you're playing an evil cleric and you want to do some necrotic damage, why the fuck not? Yeah. Why yeah. not just switch it and flavor it that way? Um, I mean, rules is written... Sure, okay. I, I think they were just trying to be more generic for the average cleric here. Yeah. Um, not game-breaking. I mean, they could have just said about the same type, yeah. right? And well, could... it's, I mean, they could have said a lot of things, yeah. Brad. Fair enough. They could have made Purple Dragon Knight a good class, but they didn't. <laughs> okay? Um, I, I I actually, I really like this. I would rather implement this than either of the potent spellcasting and everything. And I think you have a good idea with changing the... Yeah, um, potent spellcasting, interestingly, you do lose a little bit there because there you, I think it's this is actually better because there you add your wisdom modifier, I believe. You add your wisdom modifier to deal, to damage you deal with any cleric cantrip, yeah. Correct. So here instead of, you know, whatever your wisdom modifier is, maximum you're going to have plus four. So yeah. you're, here you're getting a D8, so average is out to the just, same. Just be aware, DMs, when you allow Tashes and you have that cleric in your party who all of a sudden throws a, I don't know, they're a light cleric and throw a firebolt, yeah. okay? Um, they're not doing an extra D8 and their wisdom modifier, and, like they're no, not, no. right? Stack up. Or, or rather, adding double their wisdom modifier for firebolt, I believe, but... Yeah. You, you understand what I'm you saying. You lose the other one. You lose potent spellcasting to Correct. take blessed strikes. Yes. Okay? Okay. Um, I was just going to say, so for the classes that have Divine Smite, you're not really getting much anyways. You're just changing the damage type because it's a D8 to a D8. Nothing really changes, but you can also add your cantrip. That said, most of the domains that get it get Divine Strike are going to be attacking with a melee weapon most of the time anyways. I this mean, isn't gonna clerics, be, it's going to be situationally useful. The it's still a benefit because it lets you use your cantrip as well. The melee well. domains give you uh, heavy armor, martial weapons. Like they give yes. that right out the yep. um, right out the gate. I mean, life domain clerics are not melee clerics, but they have heavy armor, so you're going to be in the yep. uh, in in the trenches. I'm like, what? That's crazy talk. Of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> not the way I play a life cleric. Oh, crazy. Um, but the the thing I like here is this gives the option for your life cleric to grab their mace. One which, or the other. Yeah. And, and use it effectively, right? It doesn't make you a paladin. No. Nope. But it gives you that little bit of uh, war. In the moment cleric. where you just kind of want that option, you have it. Yeah. Hello, podcast people. Podcast people? We're recording. Yes, but it makes them sound like pod. We're recording. You're recording. Hello podcast people. We've got a couple of things going on that you might not know about and so we thought we'd cut away to a little reminder. First of all, we just want to point everyone to our YouTube channel again. We appreciate that all of you listen on your respective favorite podcast apps, but the It's a Mimic YouTube page has all of our shows laid out in playlists. That means you can listen to our Dragon episodes back to back or dig through the Campaign Builder or touring the Multiverse series without scrolling through the backlog or having to use a search function. New episodes get uploaded within a week of airing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, but the whole backlog is up there. Even the episodes we're embarrassed about. Yeah, fuck, those early cold opens were sloppy. Yeah. 
and delicious. The other thing we want to hey, mention Dan, it, what? You, you know what else is sloppy but delicious? Whatever you're going to say next is just going to get cut, so. Well, uh, the other thing we want to mention is our sneaky little store that lives an unassuming little life on our website. There are stickers, magnets, phone cases, notebooks, cups, water bottles, coffee mugs, and travel wait, mugs. Wait, 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 I can have a mug? I'm tired of your ugly mug already, man. I want a mug. We even have masks in a variety of sizes because we're socially conscious people. The current designs are for the It's a Mimic Mike and the Deep Dark Irradiance logo, but we'll be updating the store as time goes on. How big are the mugs? I don't know. There's a standard one and a tall one. And a travel mug too. Jesus, I need to look at this website more often. So please take a second to check out what we have to offer. We really appreciate the donations we've received through the website, but we want to make sure that you guys have the option of getting something for your hard earned money. Every little bit helps keep the lights on and the side projects rolling. And we love you for your support. So thank you to everyone out there who visits www.itsamimic.com and checks out our online store there. <laughs> hey, there's even a little pin with the logo on it. And don't forget to check out the YouTube channel for perusing the older episodes. Now, without any further delay, let's head back to the show. Jesus, three different kinds of stickers, Dan. We are capitalist whores. Will you please take these damn commercials seriously? No. Now's the part everybody's been waiting for. We're going to do the domain breakdowns. Now, today we are covering the Arcane domain, which is from Skag. We are covering the Order domain, which is from both Tasha's and... Ravnica. Yeah. Yeah. And the Forge Domain from uh, Xanathar. So let's roll, see who covers their domain first. I got oh, a 12 I, missed. In. I can't even get in the box. A 17, 17 for Bradley. I get All to right. go first. So uh, Brad, what do you got for us? I got for you the Forge Domain Cleric. Of course you got the Forge Domain Cleric. Of course I do. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. So, quick breakdown of what makes a Forge Domain Cleric. Forge Clerics follow an order dedicated to crafting with metal be it blacksmithing or metalsmithing, anything to do with metal. They dedicate themselves to their craft and pride themselves on their work. Metal work requires patience, strength, and endurance, which encapsulates the character of a priest of the forge. Forge clerics find their mission in the creation, reclamation, or restoration of mighty artifacts, weapons, and armor. They are also the ones who go to search for rare and powerful metals that can be used in the crafting of magical and powerful items. Make sense? I, I just like the idea of somebody running around like, what kind of metal is this? I'm like sniffing it and like... Tabby you mean all of dwarves? Yeah, you mean a dwarf? Shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it could be anyone. <laughs> if you're a it's forge cleric, you're likely a dwarf. Let's be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to break down some of the subclass features here, starting with the spells that they get. So at, fir at first level, you get access to Identify and Searing Smite. Ooh, a yes. smite as a cleric. Thank you. Um, I mean, Searing Smite. Yes, I like it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm... I've got emotions about Searing Spite. As I understand. I mean, it's thematic as it's, shit. Yeah, I mean, so. you're of the Forge, right? This yeah. is this makes sense. Um, identify, again, you're a ritual caster as a cleric, so you can... You just do it. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and again, as somebody who's obsessed with items, this makes sense. Uh, at third level, you get access to heat metal and magic weapon. Magic weapon, again, oh. so you're making any weapon magical. I have a question. Yes. Just as an aside. Because you, you're wearing heavy you're, armor. You, you are so far down this list now that I can now interject with some uh, uh -huh. injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, would all, not just forge clerics, but like blacksmiths, would they just get real pissed off at that one dude who could heat metal? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Like, would he just be like, motherfucker, I'm sitting here slaving over the forge, working the bellows, making sure everything's hot enough so that I could actually work this metal. 
and there's Timmy fuck Woodland Druid sitting over there going, ah, heat metal. Ha <laughs> ha, now I'll bend this as I want. Did you say druid? Yes. Yeah, they get heat metal. Oh, okay, sorry. I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they don't wear it, druids. but they yeah, can they work can with work it. With <laughs> but like, it, it's just like, yeah, I, I just like, this guy would walk in and be like, Heat metal, yeah. Like he's using it not for the offensive spell that it is, yeah, but to help to help with his work. With his work, absolutely. This is how I make money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I'm just done. by his nature, he's going to know how to use it offensively as well when it comes and, to it. And to be completely honest, it is one of the like it is a fantastic it is, fucking spell. Anytime you come across somebody wearing plate, it's your go-to. Yeah. All right. Um. Anyways, moving on. Level five at fifth level, you get access to elemental weapon. So, are you going to use magic weapon past that? Maybe not. Unless you really need magic damage to surpass yes. something. Magic items are rare in this game. Get over it. Yeah. I'm saying elemental weapon does more for you than magic weapon does. Unless you really need to bypass, bypass right, a magical resistance. I think it's spell slot relevant. Because at that yeah. level you don't yeah, have a lot true. of 7th or 5th level spells. So I feel like well, This isn't 5th level spell. This is a 3rd level spell mm-hmm. I believe elemental weapon is. Well magic weapon. You get it at 5th level. level at your 5th yes. cleric. Yeah. Um, and you also get protection from energy. I think this is fl- flavorful. It's thematic. Yep. Uh, level seven, you get fabricate. Sure, whatever. Why not? Are you not putting spell whatever. slots on this? No. Yes. Like in on downtime, maybe downtime. Yeah, but, but fabricate's a great spell. I mean, fabricate's a great spell when you don't have a party rogue. Yeah, fair enough. And we're gonna get into actually at level nine, you get another spell that actually makes this really worthwhile. Okay. Um, but all right. Also at seventh level, you get wall of fire, which is cool as hell. Um, Literally. <laughs> Hot as hell. Hot as hell, yeah. But yeah, uh, super cool. I like Wall of Fire, and I think it's thematic. Mm-hmm. Ninth level, you get Animate Object, again, in flavor with the class. And here's Creation. So when you combine Creation with Fabrication, right? You make the materials you need to make whatever you need to make. Yeah. It just, the two work well together. Okay. Uh, I, right. I make stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, what is this, the Divine Artificer class? What the fuck? Well, this came before Artificer. I know it did, yeah. But I mean, this was the artificer that people had before artificer. I I have done a character build that is an artificer forge cleric, yeah. and they do synergize quite very well. well. Quite very well. well. All right, proficiencies. Let's get into it. Um, forge clerics are proficient with heavy armor and smiths tools. Notice no bonus weapon proficiencies. These guys are blacksmiths effectively making martial weapons. They're not proficient with martial weapons. Uh, yeah, it um, bothers me. I I get why it would, but at the same time, they get simple weapons. They get simple weapons. And, and there is a whole slew of racial weapon uh, options and proficiencies sure. you can get. Like, if you're a dwarf, you still get your Warhammer. Yeah. yeah. Right? Of course. So I'm 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 it's less there. upset about it. I still... But at the same... Is it going to break the game to put it in there? I don't think it would. No. I've, Forge Cleric is one of the best... I, I mean, let's let's just zoom ahead to the end of the episode. Forge Cleric is one of the best cleric domains there is. So uh, the... This one little thing is, oh, yeah, from a meta, like from a power gaming perspective, uh-huh. Forge Cleric is beautiful. Very. I find it boring as fuck. Okay, sure. But you <laughs> like play, stuff. Yeah, but you play a, a very different game <laughs> than many people. Like, you play very different than many people. What are you trying to say? The the, the power gaming interest. type of, like, the, the, the power gaming type of game uh, play style is not present in our D&D game. No, I don't play right? like that. We just don't. And yeah. and Adam has had to beat that out of me over the past six years of playing Dungeons and Dragons yeah, yeah, yeah. with him. Okay. Um, so I... I digress. Yeah. Anyways, it's one of those things that ticks me off. I don't think it would affect the power that much, and I would like to see it. Oh, it would on, affect the power. 
Uh, like, yeah, fair. But You're not... telling me this is all powerful. Now you want to give a proficiency with martial weapons? Come on. Yes. <laughs> Imagine one I of do. these assholes walking around with a great axe. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Like... But it's flavorful. It makes sense. I don't like that they don't have it for flavor reasons. Okay. Sure. Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, level one, you get Blessing of the Forge, which allows you to make mundane uh, weapon or armor magical until the end of your next long rest. Once per long rest. Who needs magic weapon? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Well, now you can do it to your armor and then cast magic weapon on yep. your weapon. So it gives you both options. Cool. Uh, second level, your channel divinity. So we have talked about the base channel divinity. In this case, it allows you to create or replicate non-magical item containing metal. It has to contain metal, and it can be worth no more than 100 gold. And it requires enough metal that is equal to the value of the item that you're creating. So even if the item itself is not 100% metal, you still need enough metal that has the same value okay. of the item. All right? All right. And it takes an hour. So really, the only reason, the big thing with this is you can basically use your challenge menu to make something quick, mm-hmm. right? Forging stuff takes time. Now it only takes an hour. Fixing yeah. your and anything basic up pick, to. fixing your absolutely whatever people's are. Well, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong with this, but like, what is there? There's an upper limit to the gold value. Hundred gold pieces. One hundred gold pieces. Um, that's everything but a spyglass from the PHB. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Pretty much anything containing metal of a basic adventuring tool you can yeah. recreate. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that. Just that's get our barbarian to carry it all. <laughs> there you go. Bag of holding. Problem yeah. solved. Uh, level six, you get Soul of the Forge. You are now resistant to fire damage and plus one AC when you're wearing heavy armor. And why are you not wearing heavy armor? You ditch it. <laughs> uh, level eight, you get Divine Strike. So we talked about <laughs> you're this. You're so right. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> just, 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 just put on the fucking full plate. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, not full plate. The plate. The plate. <laughs> you can't afford that. That's why. <laughs> at sixth level you, you better be able, be able to, to. So. and as a forge cleric you sh- are probably having some sort of connections that can probably get you a discount if you can't if not go out make, make up it. the metal and then just make it yourself mm-hmm. hand wave it yeah alright <laughs> uh, we talked about divine smite earlier and this is what I was talking about you get fire damage whenever you hit with a melee attack 1d8 per turn so okay attack, so if, if you're doing this with blessed strikes you're giving it fire correct cool yeah I would prefer to do that that tracks and then any cantrips as well and then level 17, you get Saint of Forge and Fire. Which, I have a question. Yes. I mean, they don't get Ray of Frost, but the idea of maybe multiclassing Wizard and getting Ray of Frost. You could just take Initiate. Or take initiate. initiate. Yeah, sure. You take Magic Initiate, and then you get Ray of Frost. So you have a Fiery Ice Bolt? No, but you would... 100% yes. Yeah? I mean, te- yeah, technically. Well, I mean, no, Rules that is, is... That is badass Rule, as Rules shit. is written, it's actually a Radiant Firebolt. Well, Rules is written, it's Radiant Firebolt. Sure. But, uh, no, no, Ray of Frost, right? Because Sorry, you get radium, to use, yes, you get to use the, Frost. If, if you are going with the assumption we're going to have moving forward, sure. which is where you're going to allow your players okay. to have the, change the damage of this as per the flavor of your character. Then yes, it's, they just fire out It is a one-time decision. They don't get to do it all the time. Sure. Right? Yeah. But if you're playing a you storm sorcerer or. cleric, yep. they can have electric, uh, electricity oh, here. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. 100%. <laughs> okay. So... I think it is badass. I've been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering and things like a, a like, I've seen the art of, like, a ray of frost with, like, a little fireball mm-hmm. following along, spiral, spiral, spiraling around it is badass as hell. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm okay with it. It's basically icy hot. Sure. You hit it with some preparation <laughs> age. Anyways. <this. laughs> All right. Can it's we move on to 17th way. level? 17th level, you get Saint of Forge and Fire, which makes you immune to fire damage. So now heat metal. Nice. No problem for you. And resistant to any non-magical bludgeoning, slashing, or piercing damage when you're wearing heavy armor. Why aren't you wearing heavy armor, you dipshit? Yeah. Uh, especially Forge Cleric. You're, you yes. should be wearing uh, heavy armor. Okay, so 
Real quick, let's roll dice now that this is done, and let's discuss this. I want to know what you guys think the strengths of the subclass are, and uh, any possible oversights. It's a six for me. Nine for Megan, and an eight for me. I just want to say, from a role playing standpoint, it's boring as fuck. Really? I'm not oh, into it. I'm I'll really you... not into it. I understand that there are probably some very creative builds out there, but from my like read of this character, without digging too much oh. into it, I would read this and move the fuck on. Oh, I'd be like, awesome. I get to make no stuff. Way. I get to make stuff. I'm made of metal. This is cool. I'm like Fire you. Fire resistance, I, awesome. I, I don't power game. I base on flavor. That's really what I like. Right? Yeah. I, I build my character around flavor, and then I'll try and add as much power as I can later. I love the concept of this character being like this priest on a mission to find this lost object, right? They have a they have a purpose right built into them. You can tell Brad is so passionate because he just skipped over my turn and decided to go into purpose, oh, I was even just, though I went on a mission. This is just, right uh, just going, you're like making his point on someone else's turn. That's right. <laughs> this is a rebuttal, not my uh, turn. I, 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 no, you gotta wait would you, for your Would you like turn. to see my page in my turn? Oh, no, I've, I've read your notes. Anyways, the I, I actually, I do like the Forge Cleric. Um, it is definitely, I'm never hitting 17th level in Forge Cleric. I'm multi-classing out of it. Right. And that 17th level is pretty, is pretty nice, but. Yeah. Ah. But I feel like that's my, would I ever play this character would be like, do I enjoy the 17th and 20th level like version of this? Because yeah. I do, I don't multi-class. Oh, I go straight to the end. I look at what's so, the eighth levels part because am I going to make it past that? I don't know. Uh. Well, so the thing I like about it is that the versatility that being able to craft whatever item you need in that mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's it's incalculable how useful that'll be in a fight, right? And if you are smart enough and uh, creative enough, you can come up with some really useful options for a grappling hook. Absolutely. Right? Um, I mean, there's always... The fuck you pull. Yep. Get the fuck you stick. Put a alchemist fire on the end of a 10 foot pole and hit somebody with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the Adam special. Uh, that's the Dan special, please. Oh, sorry. The Adam special is put it in a ceramic jar and kick it on top of the big bad guy at the end of the dungeon and kill him in one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, which starts the ball rolling to him killing the your rest of the party. Character. Yeah. Everybody. Um, do we have, Megan, I want to challenge you. Um, do you have any insights on how to role play this? Ugh. I like mean, if if gun to your head, you were forced to make a forge cleric. What I had to? if you had to? Oh man! I mean, you're playing a cleric. You're devout to something. I just feel like I would play the crazy person that's just obsessed with metals, wears a monocle all the time. It's just like, what's this? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I feel like that's a good way to interact and have like a good icebreaker as a character. Because a lot of people have a very hard time starting a conversation with another like role player sometimes yeah. especially mm-hmm. at the beginning of a campaign whereas yeah. if you have a yeah. weird quirk to your character the right at the get-go which i feel like this character is built with one i thought you said right at the get-go and i went car insurance what okay all right well at least i didn't say the coming coming in <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not here we don't have to talk about geckos yeah I love geckos. I love geckos. Geckos are great. I love geckos. I'm not saying there's anything wrong yeah. with them. Adam, I have I just had enough with. conversations about geckos. <laughs> this this is actually, a, you make a good point because like one of the things I've noticed with our group is we've got a couple new players this time around. Yeah. And those players aren't the most comfortable at role playing at the level that you, me, and our other player Oh yeah, I'll just yell are, at you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and to see their eyes go wide as Megan just tears into my character for some stupid shit I've done after I've just saved her life for the fourth time. Didn't see it. Didn't happen. Fuck. <laughs> it sounds like real life. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. We're best friends. Yeah, I was talking with Adam about it. He's like, yeah, it's less 
It's it's less Megan's character and Dan's character, more just like the Megan Dan yes. dynamic. Got a good dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works for you guys. <laughs> All right, so uh, so now we're gonna move on to my subclass, which is the it's the weirdest. I mean, it is the Arcana domain um, for the cleric. It comes from Skag, which is a disjointed, messy book to begin with. And it really shows with this domain. What if your wizard prayed to a deity? Right? What if well it's what if your wizard, wizard prayed to a deity prayed to a deity super hard? Yeah. Um you actually could see clerics like this in uh Catterly from the Cleric Quintet. He is along that line of I mean, that was written back in the 3.5 days, but um he is a cleric of like a knowledge god mm-hmm. who then Cast a bunch of arcane level stuff, right? So there is no real differentiate uh, differentiating between arcane and divine in five e. That is definitely a holdover. Um, magic is magic is magic, but uh, how you get to it either through a deity or through research—that's what differentiates the, how the magic comes out. And that is visible here in the arcana domain. Tell me about it, because I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> So an arcane cleric would be those who worship like the Bokobs or the Nistals or the Weejasses of the world. Weejasses. Um, or Vecna. That sounds like a great, like, rude comment to yell at somebody. Weejass. I'm going to bank that for a later day. Go on. So at first level, you get the, uh, for your arcane domain spells, which I'll cover right now. At first level, you get Detect Magic and Magic Missile. Yep. Cleric with Magic Missile. Dope. Dope. Uh, there's a spell you will always use. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or forget you have and never use, and then everybody looks. How like do you forget you have magic missile? Uh, no, you're using that all the time. I've forgotten some weird shit about my character. <laughs> hey, remember your paladin didn't smite for a long time? Uh, well, I was using smite wrong. You were using smite. I, wrong. I was using smite, but not. You correctly. weren't. You weren't spending your spells on smites. And I and I wasn't rolling the correct amount of dice even when I did. Start yes. Spending yeah. My, yeah. yeah. Anyways, math is hard. Beautiful. <laughs> um, at third level, you get magic wet. Magic weapon and Nistel's magic aura. Do either of you know what Nistel's magic aura does? No. No, you say weird words to me. Okay, so Nistel is uh, one of the, um, uh, I believe he's one of the eight. There's a bunch of spells named after other wizards. Mordekainen's Magnificent Mansion. Mm -hmm. This is one of those. Bigby's Hand. This is kind of the same thing. What it does is it lets you create an illusion on a creature or an object that you touch so that any divination spell will provide false information. Mm. That's cool. Okay. That's neat. So uh, basically what you do is you choose the target, you choose the effects, and it lasts up to 24 hours. Situational, but very cool. Okay. Now it has two specific things, which is false aura, which is basically making a spell like detect magic, um, because detect magic detects like an evocation aura or a divinity. You can be like, no, this this thing's totally... Necromancy. Necromancy. Don't touch it, y'all. And it's like an abjuration spell that gives you bonus AC. Yeah. Mm. Um, Or... Mask, which is um, the ability to uh, change the way a, the target appears to any sort of divination magic, right? So uh, you want to hide that gnome who is the last gnome alive. Nistel's magic or is a great way to do that. Mm. Okay. At fifth level, you get dispel magic. Cool. Yep. Yep. On and brand. magic circle. Checks On out. brand. Yep. All great. Um, you'll note a thing here. Magic. Uh, seventh level, you get Arcane Eye, or otherwise known as Magic Eye, mm-hmm. and Laman's Secret Chest. 
Laoman's Seek of Chest is basically a bag of holding that you cast. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the spells I looked at and went, moving on. Uh, Laman's uh, Secret Chest is a great spell, uh, especially if you're like a Forge Cleric, but this is the Arcane Cleric. So. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Band of Clerics. I, I authentically I want love, to have that yes, campaign. 100% yeah. All from different it. domains, though. Yeah, All from, yes, yes, have to be different yeah. domains, yeah. Um, and finally, at ninth level, you get Planar Binding. Cool. Yeah, Cute. and Cute. Teleportation Circle. Your Cleric can Wonderful. teleport. Love it. Okay. Is that, so, is that a ritual, though, or does it take a minute, or what is it? Because I'm imagining because you say circle that it is required that it's like, I'm imagining you have to draw it into the ground. It takes a minute to cast. Okay. Yes. So it's not like an instant. Uh, no, it is not an instant. Yeah. But it it is one of the... Um, you don't like it's it's, it's kind of like the thing time. we mentioned before with the temple. Yeah. If you cast this spell on the same spot every day over a year, it is a permanent teleportation circle and you can link it to other places. So you put that in your home base and then wherever you go constantly. And it is a fifth level spell and... This is just me. I will let you use higher spell levels to cast it to reduce the time to make it permanent. Mm-hmm. Noted. Okay. Now, on to the abilities. At first level, you get Arcane Initiate, which gives you um, proficiency in Arcana and two cantrips from the wizard spell list, which counts as Claire cantrips. Woo. Now, um, friends, I'm not sure you um, know what kind of powerhouses there are in the wizard spell list for cantrips. But uh, they have every cantrip under the sun. Yeah, everything. You right? just get to grab Mold two cantrips Earth, whenever you want. Prestidigitation, Firebolt for a great damaging spell. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't get Eldritch Blast, but Firebolt's the next best thing. Yeah. Okay? Um, there are lots of options. If you take an Arcane Cleric, you are going to agonize over what two you can get. And this is why I would be a little bit more stringent on ca- uh, cantrip versatility as well. Hmm. Yeah, right. in this case where you got access to now all you of have, them. Yes. And now you have, by uh, first level, five uh, cantrips. Yeah. Okay? So, um, for your uh, Channel Divinity second level uh, option that you get with all domains, you get Arcane Abjuration, which is basically turn Celestial, Elemental, Fey, or Fiend, as well as Undead. Okay? I like that mm. it covers all of them. It, it gives you that full list. Yeah. Okay? It has the same effect as the turn Undead ability. Just for uh, Celestials, Elementals, Phase, or Fiends. Yeah, beautiful. Okay. That makes that way more potent. At 6th level, you get Spellbreaker, which is when you restore hit points to an ally. Oh, sorry. Whenever you uh, heal an ally with a spell, uh, first level or higher, there are no healing cantrips. So whenever you heal an ally with one of your spells, you can also end a spell effect that is on them. So if they are charmed, if they are petrified, if they are held or whatever it is if they're blind you heal them with a healing word from afar and now they just are not blind it's not they get to roll the save again they're just not they're cured i like it okay holy shit that's powerful for a buffing level of cleric which you'll note this one didn't get any heavy armor proficiencies no, they didn't this one's not in the front lines y'all yeah. that sounds like a very good like fuck you adam spell kind of yeah 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 <laughs> um at 8th level, you get potent spellcasting. Again, I prefer Blessed Strikes. Um, what would I... Force? Magic Missile's force That's damage? A, yeah, so I would, say, I would say be force damage sure. for your uh, Blessed Strikes. Yeah. And at 17th level, you get Arcane Mastery. Hold on to your butts. You choose four spells. Not literally Brad. Fuck. <laughs> you choose four wizard spells. Did you miss me in the guild house? Uh, uh, no. 
Uh, you <laughs> choose four spells from the wizard spell list. One from each. Sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth level. Note this is when you get your first ninth level spell slot. Right. So this is like going forward. You don't just yeah. get all of this at eighth level. You don't get ninth level spell slot at eighth level? No, no. This okay. is at 17th level you get Oh, this. sorry. This is 17th. Yeah. So at, you add a sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth level spell from the wizard spell list. And you add them to your list of domain spells, which means they are always prepared for yes. you. Yes. Wow. So, I mean, the wizard spell list is the wizard spell yes. list. We we gone at length multiple times about how powerful these spells can be and how varied they are. Mm-hmm. How do you choose? Uh, again, with this, this is one of those options where I might consider letting the player change their spells. Um, that they that they choose every level other than every long rest for this ability. So twice, unless you're going right? beyond 20. Now, I mean, let's actually, no, no, I take that back. These are domain spells. Yes, they are. You choose and then you're stuck with them. Yeah. You never get to change them. I, yeah, I hold strong that there are things as a yeah. cleric that you should just have to deal with because you are of that domain. Yeah. So, I mean, wish. Yeah banishment like that's what i'm saying though how do you shoot there's There's so so many many, options a delayed fireball Mm -hmm. like yes please here's how i would balance that as a dm well how how about this okay how about this all right let's roll dice and then we'll talk okay okay so strengths um missed again it's a small dice tray i got an 11 i got a nine okay uh so the strengths is up class if you are playing a buffer level cleric Mm -hmm. you cannot go wrong with the arcane spell class especially if you're playing the backline support cleric um that six level ability to whenever you heal um to give a boost or or sorry to remove a status effect is it i i have a feeling a lot of people would sleep on the power of that right like slow uh blindness deafness there are there are so many heat metal i guess like if you're stuck in stuff, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the the amount of uses of that alone are just incalculable. So I really like it. It also opens up a lot of fun flavor. My question is, if you want to play it, why aren't you just playing a wizard? Yeah. Right. It, I get, you'd rather have the cleric spell list, which has some really awesome. It does. Buffing spells compared to a wizard. It's like if you want to play a wizard, but you also want to be able to heal your party. Like your, your party needs a healer, and so you chose this, but you want to play something more chaotic. There and you also want to wear medium armor and carry a shield. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Uh, Bre- uh, Megan. Um, so I do enjoy it. I, I do kind of agree that there are some things about this that are quite powerful, like that last, um, the last sev- level 17th ability to just pick spells off the wizard spell list, but I Especially 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth level Yeah, so how I would kind of balance that in my mind if I was a DM playing this game is that if you were choosing spells that you are taking from this book and they are now part of your domain, technically, you need to tell me why your character would know that. Why your character would go that route, why your character would have developed it, and how it ties into your domain. Yes, I agree. However, uh, one, it's a 17th level ability. Yeah. So there's going to be communing with your god at this point. Yeah. I know, I understand that. That's what I mean. It's like this is, gives the, your player an opportunity to be creative as to what the heck they've done for the last 17 levels to get here yeah, and why yeah. they deserve to take the spells that they get. Explain to me why your Erjanassi arcane cleric suddenly gets a wish. Oh, your dad gave it to you. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. 
Right. Now you're just being dead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, that's the reality of it. Like, it's an SCR you're... of Genie. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense and it fits. So, don't get me wrong. You could word it so that it makes sense. But in my mind, if you were making those choices, it becomes canon to your character. Yeah. Of that's course. how I would balance it as a DM in the sense where, yes, if you make it to level 17, you deserve everything on the planet. But if you're playing a higher level like campaign and you are naturally going to get to level 17 eventually, you know you're going to be taking this. It makes you put some thought into how you are building your character. Cool. That's my I like it. anyway. Add some flavor. Yeah, there. I like it. There's a lot that is impressive. There's some power in it. It's from Skag, so I've always just kind of flipped past it. Yeah. Um, it's it's widely regarded as one of the weaker domains. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Again, everything, even a weaker domain, any weak subclass can be utilized effectively in the right campaign setting and with a DM who's working with you. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that anything shouldn't be used. That said, this just doesn't draw my interest, so I hadn't looked at it much. But mm. uh, hearing you describe it, there's a few things in it that I went, oh, that's interesting. Well, but again, get, you don't get past level eight, so you're like, hmm, that's yes. nice. <laughs> our, our character builds at the end. I've got I've got a great idea for this guy. Um, so Is it Genie whose dad is your game wish? wish at level 17. <laughs> <laughs> On his 17th birthday, he got Shut wish. Shut up, guys. Dad. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have a bit of a DM tip based on today's kerfuckery. Okay. If your players take the time to build a backstory for you, fucking use it as a DM. Yep. In any way, shape, or form. And don't don't be scared to have the conversation and ask, do you want to have ultimate sadness and pain from you giving me this? Or would you like some kind of win from this later on, like as a reward? Mm-hmm. But... I, I'm a player that sometimes I do not put a lot of effort into my background and I do feel bad sometimes because I do operate with DMs that do like to utilize it. But I've also been in the opposite where I'm finally like, Ooh, let's put a lot into this. And then it never gets used. It yeah. never comes mm-hmm. up. And then again, it comes a little bit like as you're leveling your character, it becomes less enticing to pick the things that you're picking because you're not making it relative to the character that you originally built because of the backstory you created. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a novel and like the DM doesn't have to like put everything in there. But I just feel like as a DM, if your player is invested enough to give you the 19 Dan Page story backstory, use at least a little bit of it. Good for you for cutting back to 19, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I'm just going to add on to that real quick. Uh, DMs who are even new DMs. If you are looking for a um, real quick way to help put in some interesting story elements into your campaigns and you're kind of overwhelmed. Like you have this idea of this lich being the big bad evil guy at the end of the day, but you don't know how to get them to meet the lich at level eight. Mm-hmm. Sure. Backstories from your characters will help. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have a, this is the way I kind of build campaigns is I have the metal meta plot. And once I have the meta plot, I then collect backstories and I apply backstories to affect the meta plot. And then your party is playing through backstories for the first 15 levels. Yeah. Right? And all of those backstory threads are going... It's going to make you look like a genius. Adam said something once. I don't know what episode it was in. I don't know if it was a campaign or so, campaign builder or something. But he said something about how he plans campaigns that blew my mind. He starts at the end and works back. Mm-hmm. Okay? So he starts at, when this campaign is over, where will our heroes be? Okay? What is the end goal? Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Because the end goal, how did they attain that? They killed this big bad evil guy. Why was the big bad evil guy a big bad evil guy? Because he had to collect these items. Mm -hmm. So he collected these items all the way along. And he works backwards, right? So have your meta plot, then apply that to the backstories, and then go. 
right? And it doesn't have to be much. Brad, you gave me yep. a, I was part of a pirate ship of hobgoblins. And that's basically all he gave me. They left me in the city one day. Nope. No. Okay. Oh, they are massive players in this story in the campaign we're mm-hmm. in right now. And your party just decided to go the opposite direction as a bunch of threads that was there. Yep. So you're not going to be able to see why for a little while. But like, there there are so many threads leading to the end goal of this campaign based around the fact that you told me, yeah, I'm a pirate of I'm from a pirate ship of hobgoblins. Mm. And I went, okay, well, I've listened to the hobgoblin episode. Great um, episode. Great episode. So I know how a hobgoblin uh, camp is structured. How does that look on a boat? How does that look mm-hmm. when it's starting to be a host? Oh, mm-hmm. right. What happens when you have one of the hobgoblins in a spot where it shouldn't be and you just got to leave? Oh, right. So like, yes, what you said for the DM side really encourage. I, I cannot encourage enough the use of back backstories. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. That one minute shot ended up being like fucking five minute tangent. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> He's the one editing this. I'm episode. the one editing it. Touché. Speaking of being a better DM and player. If you want more information on the It's a Mimic network, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and at r slash It's a Mimic on Reddit. You can always email us at info at It's a Mimic.com. And we are always taking mailbag questions. So if you got any questions for us for one of our mailbag episodes, please send them in. It may not make it in the next episode, but it does go on the list. But yeah, reach out to us on any of those platforms and we look forward to interacting with you. You guys are what make this podcast what it is. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach Megan at Megan at it's a mimic.com. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Don't even know that. You can send it. I don't know where it'll end up. The ether. It'll end up in Adam's inbox. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I get to talk about the order domain. Yes. Woo. Finally. I do. And I'm pretty stoked. Weirdly enough, the quote for this in Tashes is finally. <laughs> a whole face about coloring inside the lines. <laughs> that might be my favorite one. Do, I I almost cried laughing. Do we have anybody sitting at this table who colored inside the lines as a child? I oh. always did. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, 100%. I didn't do art. I was, I'm, I'm I, an artiste. <laughs> yeah, I, I, not only, like, literally, I colored inside the lines, but also... Metaphorically, I was the narc of my friend. Oh, metaphorically, I colored inside lines. Literally, no. Yeah. <laughs> Any hoozle. <laughs> so, all right. So these folks are basically, the easiest way you can think about it is they're the police officers of the law. They're the narcs. Yeah. They're the narcs. This, of course, can be, you know, just law-based in governing like a basic society or an institution or in philosophy or in religion. I feel like it covers all bases. Okay. Um, they're logical, kind of like, you know, they're logical-based, very strong in the ideals of literal law and order. Like, insert the law and order theme song here. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> now, now I got to do that in post. Thanks, Megan. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so basically, to break that down a little bit, law, they believe that law creates a structure of hierarchy that is worth maintaining and holding true. Uh, so they basically build a an order to keep the order. Every single time you say law and order, I'm going to have a bump bump. Perfect. I actually have it in all caps in multiple places. Okay, cool. <laughs> So these were first available to us in the Book of Ravnica, which reads very similarly, but of course flavored a little bit differently uh, when it comes to kind of like the little bit of flavor text. So they're favored specifically by either the Azarius Senate or uh, who basically enforce the law 
or the Orzhov syndicate, uh, which uses it to drive and maintain um, law for their own personal gain. Okay. So it's kind of like the good and evil of law. Okay. Is how I read it in my brain mind. Uh, However, we're really going to focus in on Tashis, who does give you in the book a breakdown of the different deities you can use. Okay. I'm tripping over the words brain mind, but okay. Brain mind. (laughs) Anyway. I do like these guys a little bit more because you can, it doesn't feel religious to me when I read this. This is more of a law abiding, very devout citizen, or you were just born into something that you have been taught your entire life. Therefore you do it. And this is what you do kind of thing. So I kind of enjoy it a lot. Um, If you think of these guys as police officers, obviously, if you look at their spells, it really does tie into that. I find. So at first level you get command and heroism. So command, okay. I feel, does really speak mm-hmm. to your... Stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop Stop what you're doing. Freeze, yeah. dirtbag. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> um, and then heroism, kind of like your little buff spell. Heroism is fantastic. It's a really good mm-hmm. little, just a little slice. Yeah. 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 You want, it's you underrated. Want, you, want, you want those temporary hit points? You want those temporary hit points that come back every turn? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yes, please. Uh, I've recently used it in my most recent cleric, and then I saw you used it recently as a bard. As a bard. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was yeah. like, I, this spell is very unused in my life until now. Yeah. I want it in real life. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> the amount I get cut up at work working with sheet metal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my lanta. At third level, you get hold person and zone of truth. Okay, this is an interrogation booth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, and like, at third level, you get an interrogation booth. You get an interrogation mm-hmm. booth. That's yeah. just, it should just be in quotations. Um, then fifth level, you get masculine word and slow. Huh. Slow. Okay. You want to catch somebody. Slow. You want to catch someone running away. Mass, mass healing word. Don't clerics get that normally? Uh, mass healing word? Or no. is that a bard only spell? I, I think that might be bard only. Must be. I think that's bad. Yeah. Must be. It's the only reason it will be in this list. No, I think clerics get it, but I think you have to, I think it's, you can choose Oh, it. no. Yeah. This is, this is part of your domain spells. So yes. yeah, no, that makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. So this is just within your arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying Arsenal, like Al from, what was Family Matters, the dad? Oh, the police officer. Who was a dad? Yeah. Who, was, uh, who was a police officer. Who was a yes. police officer, but was also in Die Hard, the same actor who played correct. also, yeah. also a police officer. Absolutely yeah. correct, yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. It's uh, also just me getting back for saying the Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we don't continually mention it, we it, I could just... It will it. never go away. Okay. There, there's a reason it's um, being continually mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Editor Dan says, thanks, guys. Uh, At seventh level, you thanks. get compulsion and locate creature. <laughs> <laughs> You're hunting down your purple. Right. What is this guy? Right? This is Robocop. I, yeah. I fucking love it. Terminator. Um, and then at ninth level, you get commune and dominate person. <laughs> oh. Okay, so we've talked multiple times on the podcast about how anytime you take away someone's freedom of will, yeah. it is inherently evil. Why would you not play this as a lawful evil? Oh, there's Absolutely. no reason why you wouldn't play this could, as long. You could be a, literally a Terminator. I get, yeah. like, again, like, I like the fact that you can play with this because you don't necessarily have to choose a religion that is inherently good. You choose a society or philosophy that you are born into to follow that doesn't necessarily have to be good. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can use your powers for evil. I mean, but you could also use your powers for good. No. Dominate person in a good way is always good. Okay. I don't need to know about your personal life. No, no, I can't. No, no right. kink shaming, guys. <laughs> We've talked about this at what is it with length. You guys at kink shaming. <laughs> Anyways, no, I'm saying like, dominate person, the big bad evil guy, to get him to stop doing what he's doing. Yeah, stop it. Right. Command, jump off a cliff. Done. <laughs> 
I mean, that breaks the spell, but okay. Who knows? Um, okay, well, let's go Literally into everybody knows. Who, re- who reads the spell. <laughs> every single person. Every, well, but how many players actually read what their spells do ahead of time? Oh, o- only new players. Old players go, I've read that spell before, and then they try to cast it. And it's like, no, you got that wrong, bro. You were incorrect. So let's go into some of their features. So obviously their bonus proficiencies are heavy armor, because police officer. Gotta have your bulletproof armor. Um, and then you can choose between Intimidate and Persuasion, which in my mind, because you picked this right at the beginning, it really does set the tone for what character yes. you are going to be building. Yeah. yeah. In my mind. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it leans towards... If you're playing evil, you can go Intimidate. Me. Even as good, it still leans toward Intimidate I, to me. I... <sighs> I feel it's the opposite. I feel like Persuade takes away someone's um, free, the free will part, and then Intimidate, you're just scaring the shit out of them, so they'll do what just you want to do. Just for that minute. Right? Yeah. So I feel like it's the yep. opposite. Yeah. Anywho. Could work both ways. I'm picking Intimidate. Yeah? I got Persuasion. I'd pick Persuasion on this one. Uh, just pure flavor. Especially for pure Cleric flavor. who get no other charisma-based skills. Fair. Yeah. I'm going with Persuasion. It's true, true. But here's the fun part. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. That's wrong. They get Persuasion as a skill. Yes, they do. So yeah, I'm going Intimidate. Unless I didn't choose it with the Cleric. Yeah, I feel like it depends on how you've built your character to begin with. Yeah, go like History, Insight, and Persuasion. I'd get persuasion there with history and insight. Yeah, and then choose your intimidate from this. Because yeah. yeah. keep in mind, history is your areas, laws, Correct. and noble classes and stuff like yeah, that. Like that that's, matters. That's that skill. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, the fun part is their first level ability is called Voice of Authority. Okay. So basically, if you target an ally with a level one spell or higher, so basically a, a, a healing thing or what yep. have you, uh, you can then command them to make one weapon attack. And it's weapon, not melee weapon. So this, in my mind, works for not only your stupid fighty players that are up close, but also your, like, bards or archers or what have you that are sitting back. So I feel like, yeah. So it doesn't necessarily benefit your tanks. It can benefit anyone Anyone. in your party. Yep. Oh, I like that. Right? Other than your wizard who's all like, I have a staff. I have a stick and I'm far away. (laughs) Throw it. Launch should count as weapons. <laughs> that has worked quite well in our campaign. Yeah, I've learned you can throw anything. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I think it's very flavorful. I think mm-hmm. it fits quite nicely. Again, police officer, you're yelling at people to do stuff. But yep. yeah, I like it. Um, their channel divinity is called Orders Demand. Okay. Which is Elaborate. also very aggressive in mind. So at second level, you can kind of present your holy symbol and scare the crowd into dropping their weapons. That's basically what it is. That's really cool. So yeah, This is the riot breaker. Yeah. yeah. So mechanically... No. Uh, anyone within a 30 feet of you, you present your holy symbol, they make a wisdom saving throw. If they fail, they are charmed and drop their weapon. 30 feet. <laughs> okay, okay. No Wait, cap. This is 6th level, right? This is 2nd level. 2nd level. 2nd level. level, okay. This is your challenge so, of any feature. Every so, time I enter a room. No, no, it's not even every time you enter a room, because you only get 3 times at level 16 to do no, it. That's true. But your party gets jumped by a bunch of highway bandits. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, drop your shit. Oh shit! Oh, get like, the fuck hold the badge up. Yep. Right? It's, you're flashing your fucking badge. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah absolutely. <laughs> your holy symbol <laughs> is your shield. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, it's like the the one. That yeah, yeah. The yeah, police shield. Yeah, understand. the police shield. Yeah. Yeah. No, one hundred percent on brand. Which could be on your shield. Would your shield be in the shape of a sheet? Like the yes, the yes. badge. Okay. One hundred percent. Yes. Are you Judge Dread? I mean, why I, not? I'm the law. I wrote that down as an option. <laughs> There's so many, so many, so many pop culture references that fit. <laughs> is it Robocop? <laughs> yeah. I did Robocop. Terminator. I did Judge Jed. I did Terminator. What else did I do? Police um, Academy. A uh, Repo Man. 
Reno Men? Yes. Reno 911? Dog the Bounty Hunter? Oh, God. I just, this is my cleric. He wears short shorts. Uh, they're called jorts. Thank you. <laughs> that would be a fun as hell one shot, though. Yeah, like would. a Reno 911 one shot. Law and order. Come on. I mean, yes, law and order. Anyway. <clears throat> At sixth level, you get embodiment of the law. I am the law. Right? So this allows your cleric to cast any enchantment spell, level one or higher, as a bonus action. Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you... That's, I'm assuming that's enchantment spell that they have available to them, not just yes. any enchantment any spell? Of the, any enchantment spell they have. Okay. Yes. Not just any enchantment no. spell as a bonus action. But, I mean, as one of these like dudes, most of your spells yeah. will be enchantment. Of course. Okay. That is insidious as hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can do this up to your wisdom modifier, which is then recharged at the end of a long rest. As a cleric, you're going to have that three or four minimum. So the whole like mental thing behind this is that you become very hyper aware of how to make people do what you want. Mm -hmm. That is kind of like the flavor text of it. Um, Or basically just putting it to your like commanding presence that just scares people into following This is the hard ass glamour bard. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Hmm. Interesting way of putting it. Yeah. I want to play two characters. One a glamour bard, one one of these guys. You should just be like good cop, bad cop, glamour bard. (laughs) Yeah. Robocop. Yeah. (laughs) We should build this. I think we would do you this and I really would do well. this really well. You really would. And I would piss the hell out of Adam. Adam would love it. Are you kidding me? Okay, so I understand you chose Monk. But... Uh, Monk is pretty close. She's yeah, kind yeah, of, I mean, she's kind of a bitch. So. <laughs> Multi-class. Not wrong. <laughs> she's a princess, okay? Um, and then at 8th level, you get your Divine Strike. So 1d8 of added mm-hmm. Psychic damage. Psychic. Oh, wow. yes. 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 Increase to two d eights, level fourteen. That's right I up there with force. I just, I just like how they get the psychic damage, just in case you have to do some PvP against the totem barbarian. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is the slap across the face to smarten up. Yeah, you know, this like is the calm glove. down. This is the dueling glove. <laughs> You're foaming on my shoe. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, get, get your shit together. <laughs> All right, and then at seventeenth level, you get the order's wrath. If you damage a creature with your divine strike, you can now curse them until the next turn, until the end of your next turn. That isn't what what do, what is the mechanics of the curse? Uh, it's it's the curse mechanic. It's the curse spell. Curse spell. Like you cast curse on them. Yes. Yes. Holy but shit! But it only it only lasts until the end of your next turn. But so this happens whenever you divine strike. Whenever you divine, which strike. which is every turn, yeah. which is every turn. Yes. Um, and then they and then if, if one of your allies actually runs up and hits them, they get the two d eight bonus of the psychic damage. <gasps> and then I was trying to figure out a balance for this, and I was like, the balance is you can only do it once per turn. <laughs> Once per turn. Oh, yeah. Every turn. The the balance is you can only do it once per turn. Okay. This is the guy I don't let Blessed Strike. Yeah. Uh-huh. And can we... Because can you imagine someone doing this at range? Yeah. Yeah. With don't. their cantrip? Yeah. But again, it's, this is your level 17. And we've talked, like, if you're going to play oh, okay, your character yeah, sure. all the way up to this level, it's like, sure, do you sure, really sure. want to penalize them for, like, pumping their shit that in is, that is a That is a hefty 17. Yeah. Right? Especially since, as a cleric, you're going to be spending your spells... Um, especially your higher level spells, probably buffing the party, healing the party, doing things like that. You're not going to be spending every turn using your action to swing a weapon or cast firebolt. Yeah. Right. No. 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 So yeah, I feel like that's the balance of like the role that you were playing within your group of people. That said, you now have the ability as a bonus action to cast most of the spells you're casting. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually could use your action. All right. Let's grab 
Our dice here. I got a natural 20 again. Second again? one today. Second one today. He's feeling very last today. Oh, holy shit. I I honestly thought that Arcane Cleric, like I, I tried hard to like Arcana Cleric. Order Cleric's badass, y'all. Like I, okay, you know what? Honestly, this is the Cleric episode of the ones that Dan really likes. Because um, yeah. like, I like the Arcana. I love the Forge Cleric for the versatility. And holy shit, this guy is metal. Like, this guy's a beast, no matter which way you swing it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I I can't sing this guy's praises enough. I, I want to play an Order Cleric. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I, I have always kind of poo-pooed them just because, you're all about the law and stuff, and that's kind not like the kind of character I want to play. like how I'm poo-pooing the forge I make stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right? <laughs> but it's not just that. Like, you are playing an authority figure. It's yeah. not just One. It's not just a cop. You are playing an authority figure. This is this is the paladin flavor that a lot of paladins don't have. Yes, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. This has a major paladin feel from when paladins were locked into lawful good. Mm-hmm. This, this at least have. removes the good <laughs> alignment. But I mean, you aren't going to make a chaotic order pal- order cleric. Uh, you no, could. You I hundred percent think you would make an order cleric if you are the series of laws that you are following and and like the. Are you that, saying it's your own personal code? Yeah, it's your own personal code. Or the whole like flavor that. text at the start of it though was that you were raised in a society sure. with structured laws. Then you're raised in a society that has those structured laws, and you're trying to impose them on other people. Yeah, outside of that yeah. society. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does very much has that though paladin feel to me. Was the first thing that struck me. Old school paladin yeah. of just here's the law. If you're outside of it, which you have to be careful not to play lawful stupid. Because you're going to piss off, you're going to piss off your party members. <laughs> so that does bring me to my point. So I, when I was actually like reading into these guys and like looking at people's builds and like looking at different things people are doing with them, it is technically the most hated build for or domain for a cleric. Really? Because, and this is this is from what I've what I've gathered, is that you probably don't want to play it because you either don't want to be a dick or you are a dick, mm-hmm. or you don't know how to role play a dick without being a dick. Um, or you are scared you're gonna play lawful, like you're gonna play lawful stupid or lawful evil stupid. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there's this weird role play barrier of how far can I push this without pissing off the people at my table? And yep. then your DM is gonna have a hard time trying to navigate that as well. I did play in a campaign once with a Robocop type character, but it was a Warforged style. Okay. So it didn't really remind me of this until I started reading these, where it was very hard to bring him into the campaign and bring his mm-hmm. character in because he was so hellbent against following the law that we couldn't even so much as like sniff at hurting someone else. So it became very, very tough and very, very difficult because to your point, this is the flavor text of the old paladins that they fixed to make them more playable for people that don't quite know how to role play strong enough. So I think that is what you really have to be careful with when you are building these is you do want to be playing with a table or a team that can do this. Like, I feel like you and I could fucking play this. Yes, 100%. Like, nobody's tomorrow. Especially with a glamour bard as the other side. It'd be yeah. so fucking hilarious. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be a joy and everybody would have a good time except for Adam. But. Which is why we should do you it. You could bring back Rojan Mott. I could bring back Rojan Mott. Yeah. But, like, to my point, like, I, I, there were so many things that you can play off of. Like, so I said there's um, Repo Man, Demolition Man. Uh, we talked about a couple. Robocop. Um, I actually said a recent one, if you've watched Loki, the TVA. Yeah. Like, yeah. All these things. Yeah. Eight, what, is, what are Agent 86 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's saying she's a vengeance paladin. Oh, she might be one of these. Yeah. She might be one of these. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my two cents. Is cool. they're probably very difficult to play, but if you have the right table, it would be fucking great. Yeah. And very I mean... Cool. I, I want to say you don't have to play this guy like the straight, 
Straight like and no business, uh, sorry, no funny business level guy. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of examples in modern media with Reno nine one one or Brooklyn nine nine yeah, or the comedy style. like play mm-hmm. this guy is Terry. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You are now an order cleric that just loves yogurt, man. Like you <laughs> just kids. love yogurt. Right. No, actually, you don't sorry. want to love your kids in D and D. They're going to be die pretty quick. Oh yeah, uh, from someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's you're not wrong. Okay, so guys, um, let's roll the dice. Let's roll. I want to see a character build with these classes. I got a sixteen. Cut for fun. Oh, ending on a natural one. I'm just I'm a loser. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I really struggled on finding a good race class mix for an Arcana cleric that felt unique and interesting. And I did break it early. An Air Genasi, an Air Genasi uh, Arcana cleric yeah. um, really works for me. Like I, I'm thinking kind of that level of genie mm-hmm. uh, inspired. Like I would really lean into the whole genie level of inspiration there and how you know, your god could be one of those arch-level uh, genies who gives you um, all of your spells and abilities because of your relation to them. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of, like, you're basically playing a flavor class with a, like, flavored uh, race with a flavor. You're just, you're giving it all kinds of flavors. Well, uh, the problem with Arcana Cleric is often that it's just very, like, bleh, Vague. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. so vague. There's not a lot of flavor in it. So yeah. you have to play a heavy flavor race to bring really it out bring it out yeah so that's that's my build man like a, a specifically air genasi just because i mean you can have them kind of have pale blue skin and then have yeah. have a sore neck all the time because ten thousand oh, years no can give you such a so you, you basically build the genie you, you've you, done. you build the genie yeah, absolutely yeah. right okay <laughs> infinite cosmic power i would love to see, space. i would love to see that as just an, like a an npc at a game or a big big bad is genie not no. just a sorcerer Genie's not a sorcerer. Aladdin's genie? No, not a sorcerer. 100% not a sorcerer. Not a cleric, though. He could be a cleric. A trapped cleric? There's nothing saying he couldn't He couldn't be a cleric. That's fair. And like gen- genie lore could very well be a cleric. Like traditional, like Eastern genie lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were servants of specific gods. So. Kalistar came to mind for me when you were doing. Kalistar would work really well for them as well. Oh. Yeah. Um, Brad, what do you got for a uh, character build? So for me, I was, so as a boring build, you almost have to go Dwarf with Forge Cleric. It's built in. You've got Moradin. Now, no, you don't have to. I'm just saying, like, that's... I would like to point out, it took till Xanathar's to get the proper Cleric domain of the iconic Cleric Uh, that's in the player's handbook. Yes. This dude is a Forge Cleric, and he's a Dwarf Forge Cleric. Yes. That's true, actually. But that's what I want to do. But going a little further, I would love the idea of playing a Warforged. If Modron was a playable ra- character race, that would be super cool to like have like, like clockwork beings, right? They're made of metal themselves, right? It'd be really cool to have kind of a whole order around that. But given that they're not, I decided to go with Warforged. And I like the idea of playing a Warforged who is, he himself is the creation of a Forged Cleric and has had this divine inspiration. That flavor makes me wonder, because I don't know off the top of my head, how a Forged Cleric would synergize with a clockwork soul. Sorcerer. I'll just say because we we did just recently do an episode on sorcerers where we covered the clockwork mm-hmm. one and one hundred. It was because anything working with metal it specifies that it does not have to be about blacksmithing, right? In the flavor of a forge cleric, you just have to work with metal in mm-hmm. some way. I, there's just such a weird flavor with the the clockwork 
social yeah it's more it about is. destiny and time yeah, yeah that right. and like the whole thing is like they have like hands of time in their eyes they yeah, have like a glyph that's behind them like it's very very time specific yeah yeah i okay. whereas you're I, more the mechanics the, of the and this flavor really like we've talked about already the artificer this is the artificer before the artificer yeah and the two of them really do blend quite nicely and again, if you're going to go that, why not just add that extra layer of going with a Warforged, right? Trying to find their way back to their creator. Yeah, makes sense. Um, my original choose was to be a Warforged, but I've seen it before for um, uh, Order Cleric. the Order Clerics. So I wanted to do something really, really fucking random. Uh, so bear with me here. <laughs> Air Cockra. <laughs> Hear me out. I'm ready. Hear me out. I'm excited. So... Here's what I imagined in my head. Because I was trying to think of like world, like a world order that they're like following. I, I love evil things. We all know this. All yeah. I could think about was the Wicked Witch of the West and her flying monkeys. Flying monkeys. But I was just thinking f- scary as fuck flying birds. So I was like, Aarakocra, just an order of these flying birds of this flying city that your like your characters have gone to visit. And they're they're like knights in shining armor are just these fucking decked out armor-wearing Aarakocra. Because don't get me wrong, yes, they do not have the basic stats to benefit, but there are so many different things you can do as you're leveling your characters yeah. to add booster stats. You don't need it in the base. My brain went Kenku. Could you, like, so, yeah, so here's... When I'm, <laughs> Just running, running, because yes. they're Kenku. Yeah. Down the street. <laughs> so if you wanted to go the comedy route, you could go that route. But if you wanted to go the scary route that I'm going, the Aarakocra, when they're using their commands, is just screaming at you. That is horrifying. Right? Yeah. Make them seagulls. Mine? And then because they technically have a flying speed, they can do all of their buffs and their spells and their attack things from the sky. So, like, I it's I would love to see this happen. That's my thing. Cool. Um, I dig it. I, I, I really dig it. Guys, are there any final thoughts on these three domains? I love all of them. Clerics are amazing, and this is why there's a flavor for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. If you, anybody can play a cleric, they'll yeah. find something to love. Yeah. So that'll be it for this discussion on clerics for now. We've got a lot more ground to cover with lots of other classes and subclasses. So subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be returning to the Underdark to finish off our conversation on mind flayers and illithid colonies. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the It's Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, We have a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com, as well as a store for some awesome merch. We also rely on word of mouth to get the news of the podcast out there to the community. So please pass the word on to everybody you know that we're available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as most podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Inquiries, requests, and questions for our mailbags can be sent to info at itsamimic.com. All right, guys. So we spent the last little bit talking about the three uh, domains of clerics, arcana, forge, and order. So I have a question for you. The person on your left or clockwise around the circle. Oh, I was about to say there's nobody on my left. Clockwise around the circle. On my left is nobody. What? Domain, do you think I'm that person would belong to? <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna call, I was gonna call you Forge Domain because you built stuff. I built stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do All right, but yeah. Stuff. So you don't even have to give a reason. Just the person on your left. Should we roll for it? Sure. Five. You got who got sixteen? Dan got. 16. I got a sixteen. Okay, you first. 
Uh, okay, so Brad, which of these three is Brad? Brad's an order, uh, an order cleric. He's just an order cleric. Like I like to follow that, rules. <laughs> you like to follow the rules, um, and you like to make sure other people follow the rules. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you're. You, I'm I a mean, firstborn child. Okay. That's not my fault. We didn't mention this in our class builds, but like playing an order cleric as the dad of the group, mm-hmm. and like very much like the. Can I do give socks, him, sandals, and shorts? Yeah. Tucked give in him shirt. the apron. Give him the the. Share the loot, Jimmy. Dump out your bag. Share the loot. Yeah. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. think I didn't see you. Don't think I didn't see you. Yeah. Right. Like the, the order cleric could be the dad of the group if yeah. you want to play that. I like so. that. That's great. Megan, you rolled next. Oh, uh, Forge Domain for Dan. I'm mixed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he mixed, mixed up. up. <laughs> no. I came up with this question and I struggled. But I think for Megan, I would also go order based on what we've di- uncovered today. Yeah. And the discussions we've had. But we'd be the opposite. We would be very different. You would be like lay down the line, whereas I'm the, these are the rules. Yeah. yeah. I, I am, as Megan said so delicately, uh, she likes the evil stuff. So she's definitely using this class to manipulate everyone around her. Well, absolutely. She's yeah. she's using this class to bend everyone to her will. I'm using this class to make everybody follow the rules. Cool. Stupid. <laughs> God damn it, Megan. I was about to start. Oh, at least we have our uh, little bonus segment at the end. Oh, shit. Okay, here we go. Clerks. Are we going to watch Clerks? Are we going to do like a live watch of Clerks and we're just going to record that? No. As much as I would want to, I love Kevin Smith. We should just do live watches of Terry watching all the movies we keep telling him to watch. There's actually... Okay, so uh, peek behind the curtain for everybody. Uh, There is a show idea that's been rumbling Mm -hmm. around in the background here uh, that is literally having like Terry and one other person... Uh, either Adam or me or you or Brad, someone who knows the movie very well, yeah. sit down with Terry to watch these movies mm-hmm. because uh, that shit would be hilarious. Yes. And it'd be like, it's a mimic does mystery science theater 3000. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it, it is basically just going to be make fun of Terry for an hour and a half. I'm so, so grateful for Terry because my nerd pop culture like blind oh, yeah. spots are massive, but he's just more. Well, well, Terry, we'd sit down and make him watch pretty much anything, like anything Tarantino. He's probably seen, but outside of that, yeah. probably not. You, we'd sit down and make watch Jurassic Park, and you heard my hot takes on Jurassic Park, and I pissed Adam off. Oh, you okay. pissed me off too. <laughs> Anyways, which incurred the fucking I can't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> Encouraged. I have I have done this for three years. Can you tell? You're incorrigible. Yeah, I'm incorrigible. In the It's a Mimic Justice System, the adventuring party is represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The clerical sect, who keep the party focused on the mission at hand, and the Bardic College, who offer countless distractions, pulling the party off the goddamn plot again. Damn it, Terry! Um, um, I mean, uh, these are their stories. Thanks for listening. Bye.